Real Life Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay in conjunction with iHeartRadio and Cloud 10 Media. of acts of violence or that are of a sexual nature. It should be for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I did not get the facts of these cases off of the internet or from some television show. The facts I'm retelling you were presented to me by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My description of the crime scenes or what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And before we get started today, I just got to lay out the shout-outs to all you lifers. Y'all voted and made me the finalist for the People's Choice podcast the Year Award 2021 in four categories. Uh, Best True Crime, Best Storytelling and Drama, Best Male Host, and the Overall Podcast Year Award, Adam Huffy, I think his name is, Podcast Year Award. So I got together with Jim Chapman, who has Local Leaders Podcast, and Miss Tiffany Sicard, and Wendy Chapman, Jim's beautiful wife, and... My kids and Aaron and Lori Gould's became. We just got had a little private set tay, if you will, and watching the awards live the other night. And y'all, I had to pre-record my acceptance speeches for each category because you don't know until that night when they play it if you won or not. And the last one I think I recorded was for best male host, and I said, "Boom, bitches, we won!" Blah blah blah. I didn't think we were going to win, y'all. I mean, we were up against the biggest shows in the world, the big production companies. And yes, we're partners now with iHeartRadio and Cloud10 Media, but our, our partnership got signed for that right after the voting process had ended. So still, we were independent, right? And I got to tell you what, you can see the, the videos on Facebook of me dancing and shit, and my, I'm sure, sure I had a, quite a few beers to drink and maybe a little bit of moonshine. Thank you, Miss Tiffany, for that too, by the way. But we won. And y'all, it's called the People's Choice Awards for a reason. Y'all voted, and we beat out 
every other male-hosted podcast in the world. This is an international podcast for awards. It's not just the United States of America. And we won it. I won the 2021 Best Male Host or Podcast People's Choice Award. And they can never take it away from us. But it's y'all's award more than it is mine because you voted and you did it, and it's just unbelievable. And that's the highest honor you can get other than winning the overall one, which we made the finals for that one also, and we didn't win it. But we won best male host. And I always said, lifers, I love you. I appreciate you. Y'all just the best fans in the world. And, look, we're growing phenomenally. And, and I've been putting these announcements at the end of the show, but I want you to hear this because it's important. You want to make a grown man cry. You want to make him dance like an idiot. Go watch the videos, right? So I appreciate y'all. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Patron members, convicts, uh, which are are subscribers in the new app. Thank you so much for your continued financial support. And I love and appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you all lifers who took the time to vote. I know it's a hassle, but y'all did it out of love. And we want it, bitches. And when I say bitches, that's an affectionate term, y'all. It's not a derogatory term. So the that being said, thank you so much. Love it, love it, love it. I, I mean, just speechless. I, I think it'll take a long time for that shit to register. All right, let's get to today's episode. I've been thinking about this, y'all, and I've done some real hard ones the last couple of uh, series, if you will, or episodes, and I think today is only going to be a one-parter. Um, you know, I did the Woody's verdict on Gabby Petito and my thoughts on that, and I started thinking about some cases that had happened that, shit, i got to come up with a name. We'll just call this one Not True. I, I got two little two stories. I don't know how long they'll go, but I want to tell you a different aspect of law enforcement, one that not everybody realizes, and they're very sensitive. If I'd have got it wrong, then I'd have been a real shitheel, right? But I guess I use intuition or what have you, but let me just get started. Not true. First one I remember, I was working as a detective, and I was on nights. And you know what? I'm I'm really not going to say the names on these. Uh, I shouldn't say the locations because y'all could probably figure it out. I'm not going to say the names, and you'll understand for obvious reasons at the end. But I was working on nights, and I got a call or a page from the radio room. It's a 1021 radio room. Give them a call, and I called, and they said, hey, you got a rape, and this lady is at a residence in the woods. She came up knocking and screaming at the door saying she was raped. And I was like, all right, they had units on scene. I told them just stand by, I'm coming. And so it's really, really rural, y'all, this place. It's not rural anymore. Where it happened at or allegedly happened at was uh, is now a huge development. But at the time, this it's one of by one of the small towns in Livingston Parish, and it was off in the distance. And we used to go out there. We used to catch dopers out there at nighttime. This development took years to develop. You know, they they came out with the big oh, we're going to develop it. It's going to be the greatest thing ever, and it didn't happen for a long time. And then the construction started slowly started happening, but they had a roadway back to this location. But there was one house at. 
and it took me like half an hour to get there, y'all. There was one house, really nice house, at the beginning of it, and there's nothing else out there but woods past that. And now, now there's a tons of houses and all kinds of stuff. But I remember that night because it was it had been raining. It was summertime. It was hotter than fuck, and it had been raining. And but it stopped, you know. But it, you know those Louisiana summer nights when it's just really, really muggy. I go to the to the home. I knew where the home was. There's some pretty prominent people live there. And I go to the home. There's a couple blue and whites, uniform patrol cars, y'all. That's that's the the colors. They were we call them blue and whites. And there were a couple of them there. And I pull up on the scene. It's dark and and uh, big oak trees in the yard. Still got the water falling from the leaves when the wind blew. You know, the um, moon was trying to come out, but it was still real, really cloudy. You know, with this fast clouds race in front of the moon. It's just, it, it got out, and uh, you know, it was almost standing in mud, even though it was a gravel turnaround, full circle driveway. The uniform guy came up, and I said, what you got, bro? And he said, this lady said that she was at the stoplight, and was the only stoplight in this town at the time, and two black males came up to the window and pointed a gun in her face. One of them jumped on the passenger side. The other one made her move over from the driver's side, and they drove her back down to the end of this road, that this development I told you about, right? Well, you know, like I said, sometimes we go back there on patrol just to see what you can see, and a lot of people would go back there to do dope or have sex or whatever. But, I mean, you had no business going down there. And... He said that they drove her back there and they raped her and then they left her and that she had to run across the field and and, and the y'all the grass was high and and uh, she had to she had it's like a quarter mile away a half mile away it was it was pretty good distance now look it was wet and it was dark and he said she had to come across the field and she came to the house when she got to this house. They were actually having a dinner party. They had guests there, and they were sitting down. You know, they had drinks ahead of time. They cooked steaks or whatever, and they were actually sitting down enjoying their meal when she came to the door and started screaming and hollering that she had been raped. I've been raped. I've been raped. And so the husband and wife opened the door, and they bring her into their living room. They call 911, and they set her in a chair. And basically the party broke up. The other people had left by the time I got there. And I, I said, did you call for an ambulance already? And and he said, no. I said, well, we need to call for an ambulance. So she's been raped. we got to get her to the hospital and get a, a sexual assault kit done or a rape kit done on her by a SANE nurse. And so I said, go ahead and call for Acadian. I'm going to go in and talk to her real quick and see what's going on. I said, I want statements from the homeowners. And he said he would get them. I, and I said, just get the written statements. I want to talk to them too. And so on, on cases like that, and you know, I have to get who my partner was at the time. I think it was Brian Paul. But normally by this time, if I was on the detective on nights, like my partner and I would split it up and I would take the late part from like nine o'clock to six in the morning. And they would take from four or whatever. And, uh, for whatever reason, I was by myself. And I, I go in, beautiful home, beautiful southern plantation we call that a plantation for lack of a better word and and i go up the on, on the steps onto the veranda and i go inside and I, I meet the homeowner and he says she's in there 
and I go in and there's a deputy standing there by her and he's not really talking to her and she's sitting in a chair with her feet underneath her and she's got her head down and I said, ma'am, I said, I'm Detective Overton with the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office and she looked up. Now, y'all, let me describe her to you. She was probably probably around 40 years old, somewhat attractive female, you know, pretty well appeared to be pretty well put together. She had on a on a, a blouse and a, like a pair of slacks. I mean, she was she wasn't wearing like Walmart <laughs> Walmart stretchy pants and a t-shirt, you know. And almost like she was dressed up t- to go somewhere. And and so I told her I said, "Hey, I said I'm Detective Overton. I understand you have a complaint and she she started crying a little bit right and i said can you please tell me what happened tonight and she said i already told i already told these other people i said i understand that and i said but i'm gonna be the detective working your case and i need to know what happened sweetie i said i'm on your side a thousand percent and i need to know what happened and she said well i left my home and then i asked where you where do you live? And she told me, and yeah, y'all, it was a decent area. I knew, I knew the area. And she said, I left my home to go get some milk. And I said, who are you going to get the milk for? And she said, my kids. I said, how old are they? And she said, 14 and 16. That's okay. And I didn't see a wedding ring on her hand, y'all. And I was checking her out. And I said, go ahead. And she said, I went. And she said, I stopped at the red light. And Two black males, she didn't say that. She said another word, but be politically correct and not say what she said. The, she said two black males ran up on me. She said one of them put the gun to the window, said open the door, open the door, bitch, open the door. And the other one jumped in my passenger seat, and I opened the door, or, and he yanked it open, and he put the gun to my head and then told me to get in the middle. And I said, what kind of vehicle was it? She said it's a... um. A, uh, I think it's a Chevrolet Astro minivan. That's okay. I said, so he told, uh, I said, it has like a bench seat in the front. She said, no, no, it has two captain's chairs. I said, well, he told you to get in the middle. What, where'd you get? She said, I got in the middle and they shoved me to the floor. And I said, okay, and what happened? She said, I, I was screaming, you know, don't do this. Take the van, leave me alone. Just take the van. And, you know, you take my purse just leave me alone. And I'm thinking, all right, I'm in my head, you know, I'm just processing, right? And I said, okay, and what happened next? She said, they drove, and um, she said, I don't know how long they drove for, but it wasn't that long. And she said it was dark, and they, just, they, they kept saying, shut up, bitch. And she said, I was crying. They kept saying, shut up, bitch, shut up, bitch. And, you know, if you shut up, bitch, we, we, we won't hurt you. She said, they, they kept saying they wouldn't hurt me. I said, okay. And what happened? And she said they they stopped the van, and they got in the back with me, the back seat of the van with me, and they raped me. I said, all right. I said, now, look. I said, this is tough. And and I said, first of all, the van, is it in your name? And she said, it's in my husband's name. And I said, what's his name? And she told me. And so I told the deputy, I said, put a bolo out, run that 28, which is a license plate, uh, by name, and get a, get a description of the van so we can put a bolo out. And so he went to do that. And I said, go ahead and continue with the story. And and I said, I know this is hard. 
You know, I said, but I need, I need you to paint it for me like it's a movie. Don't leave out any detail. She said, oh, I don't know. She said they put it, they put the gun in my to my head, and um, they made me get naked, and then then they both raped me. I said, okay. I said, do you remember anything about them? And she said, it was dark. It was really dark. I said, okay, well, I mean, were they light-skinned black males, dark-skinned black males? I said, did they have on hats? Can you remember clothing, anything like that? She said, oh, I don't know. They were, they were big guys, though, and they had the gun in my head. And, you know, they had the gun in my head. And, and I said, okay. I said, so as hard as it is for you, tell me about the rape part. This is very important. And she said... I don't, I don't really know. They, they, they took my blouse off and um, they took my pants off and then one of them raped me and the other one raped me. I said, okay. I said, listen, sweetie, I understand this is very, very hard. It's traumatic for you. I said, but I need to know details. Again, we can do it here or we can go to the office. I said, but just give me some preliminary details. And she said, well, I don't, I don't know. They, they raped me. I said, all right. I said, well, then, then what happened? I said, we'll come back to that. So I said, well, then what happened? She said, then they, they kicked me out of the van, threw me out in the mud, and, and they drove off in, in my van. And she said, I want to report my van stolen. I want to report my van stolen. I said, don't worry about that. You know, we'll, we'll find that van. I said, but how did you get here? She said, well, I, I could see a light in the distance. And I just went towards that light. I said, all right. And I said, about how far away were you? And y'all, I'm, I'm guessing I knew where it was, right? Because remember that area I told you about? And she said, I don't know. But I just, I, I just I went through the bushes and the fields. And, and uh, yeah, now look, this is like swampland, okay? And 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 been been rain and everything else. She said, I went through the bushes and the fields and I finally came up to this house and, and I told them to call 911 that I had been raped and I want to report my van stolen. I said, okay. Now look, y'all. The experience, or my experience, I should say. Now remember, I'm talking to her. There's some things she's saying that really aren't ringing true. First of all, if you've really been raped, you don't give a fuck about the van, okay? That, I mean, I understand it, if it was your only means of transportation or whatever, but if you've been brutally raped by two males and dumped in the woods and you had a gun in your head and everything else, that's what you're going to be focused on. But she was focusing on the van, but that wasn't what the problem was. And But I'll get to that in a second. I said, listen, I said, if, if we take you back to the area where... It happened. I said, you, do you think you can get there? She said, well, I can tell you that you can walk a diagonal line through the woods and the fields to where it was from here because I could see the lights on here. Well, again, I already knew where it was at. Y'all. I said, okay, all right. And But the problem was, people, the problem was she was dry as a bone. She didn't have any mud on her slacks, on her shoes, the uh, like, I'm calling penny loafers were they were definitely high heels, but they were like dress shoes. Didn't have didn't no fucking mud, none. And and she didn't have a scratch on her. She didn't have I'm not, her clothes weren't torn or anything else. And I said so, mm, you know. But you know what? I'm gonna err on the side of caution. 
but we're going to play a game. We're going to play a game, right? I'm looking again, and I look a little bit closer inspection, and I see a bit of a burn mark on her lip. Hey, y'all. Making content is an essential part of what I do to keep this show going. But it hasn't always been a seamless creative process. Y'all know I'm always on Instagram, Facebook, and now the Real Life Real Crime app. And let me tell you something. It's not easy editing content. Ever since I found Canva Pro, I can design anything like a pro on any device. Designing a Canva Pro is amazingly fast and fun. Choose from thousands of templates that are easy to customize. Or you can start from scratch. Look, y'all, I use it. They have a library of tools and features and imagery, and you don't have to pay for pictures anymore. They're virtually endless options that you can use with Canva Pro. Design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use my promo code. Just go to canva.me slash R-L-R-C to get your free 45-day extended trial. That's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash R-L-R-C. Canva dot me slash R-L-R-C. And I said, look, let me look at you real quick. And I'm going to use my light. So I'm not trying to do any kind of exam or anything. I just want to see if there's any physical scratches or any areas we need to protect the possible DNA coming off of the bad guys before we take you to the hospital. She said, why I got to go to the hospital? She said, I just, I want my van back. I said, I understand you want your van back. I said, but this is the procedure of what's about to go down. I said, we've already called for an ambulance. They're going to come take you to the North Oaks Hospital. I've already called for a SANE nurse, which is a sexual assault nurse, and you're going to give a sexual assault, or you're going to have a sexual assault kit performed on you where they can collect any type of DNA or evidence. And she kind of looked at me, and there were no tears now, y'all. And she looked at him, she said, well, why would I do that? And she said, I don't want to do that. I said, I understand you don't want to do that, but if you were raped, they force themselves upon you, then their DNA is all over you. I said, I haven't even asked you. Do you know if they wore condoms? Do you know? Oh, and she said, yeah, yeah, I think they wore condoms. I think they wore condoms. Uh, so there's no reason for me to go have a DNA test on. I said, well, even if they did wear condoms, sweetie, we're still going to have it done because we need the evidence. I said, condoms don't stop pubic hairs from being left on you or all these different things, you know, spit, saliva, scratch marks, whatever it may be. I said, this is, I mean, you've been raped. We're going to, I'm going to do my job. We're going to collect the evidence and we're going to put these fuckers in jail. She said, well, I just, I just want my van back. I, I want to go home. I said, well, you can go home after we have this rape get done. Now, Y'all, the demeanor now is telling me, like, really? I mean, the I mean, look, I'm not fucking around. A rape kit's a hard shit to have done. And, but, I mean, I'm not in the room when it's done. It's done by a professional, and I've had people as old as 80-something all the way down to, you know, 17-year-olds. Uh, and the kids, we always took to Children's Hospital in New Orleans and let them do it, right? But the, they had locally trained nurses who are – professionals and and they take them in the room and, and they do what they do and it takes hours and and you know they go literally for lack of a better term they go through with a fine tooth comb and they 
do everything, vaginal swabs, uh, scraping for hairs, fingernail clippings, just everything. And, and But again, I'm, not, I'm nowhere around, but I have to wait until the rape kit is done, and then I have to take it, and it actually has to be refrigerated, especially if there's any semen or sperm samples, et cetera. It has to be refrigerated so we can get to the crime lab, which would have been on the following Wednesday. I think, and I'm almost positive this was a Friday night, y'all. So maybe it's Saturday, I don't remember. But it was definitely the weekend. And she was like, I just want my vehicle back and I want to go home. And 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 you need to tell my husband what happened. I said, okay, well, you know what? We're going to the hospital and I'll call you, I'll call your husband or we'll have a unit go by and pick up your husband and bring him to the hospital. We'll get you whatever support you need, et cetera. I said, now... Then the deputy comes back in the room and said, can I talk to you for a second? I said, yeah. So I went over to him, and he said, Acadian's here. He said, I did the bolo on, on the van. They'll be on the lookout for y'all, uh, responding to everybody. And he said, do you have any descriptions on the black male? I said, I got dick. And she, I mean, she's been very vague about it, or, or which is fine. Y'all, that could be trauma that from the from the rape and and the gun in your face, right? Some people just can't remember shit. They get tunnel vision on that pistol or uh, when you truly been raped can be too traumatic. You might just fucking black out. So still, I'm not, I'm not calling it not true yet, but I've got to investigate it. But remember, it was wet. It had been raining. It was muddy. And she had nothing on her. Okay, I mean, she, she was clean, probably clean, just clean as I was. So I go back to her, and I got her husband's phone number, and, and I called him, and I said, look, we're going to send a deputy, but do you need a ride? And uh, he said, no, I have a vehicle. I said, your wife is, is and she was like, I just, just, I just want to go home. And, I, and then I said, ma'am, just hold on. And, and I told him, I said, your wife's being taken to North Oaks Hospital, and I told him what happened. But she, she was carjacked at the red light and and he can come to the hospital and I tell him the rest. Now she's kind of mad at me. Acadian comes in, they're like, are you ready to go? And I said, listen, I said, can you tell me anything else about the black males? Anything you can remember, gold teeth or scars or anything? How tall were they approximately? What were they wearing? And I said, you have to remember something. She said, I don't remember Dick, I don't remember anything, and, and and I don't really want to go to the hospital. And I said, look, I can't force you at gunpoint to go to the hospital, but you are telling me you were brutally raped, y'all. Even I mean, even if they were gentle, using a gun makes it a brutal rape, right? Rape, rape is a crime of violence, no matter how soft you do it. And I said, you know, I need the evidence. And and she was like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. And, and, and I said, well, we're going to the hospital. You and your husband can discuss it there. I said, but I need something else to go off of on these black males. She said, I don't have anything. I don't remember anything. They had a gun to my head. They, um, they, they fucking raped me, and, and they took my van, and I want my van back. And remember, y'all, I'd seen the, the burn mark on her lip, like a little a red spot. And I said, can you do me a favor? They were, she was standing up. Acadian was there. They were, you know, higher names were such and such. And you were going to be taking you North Oaks, blah, blah, blah. I said, can, can I see your hands? I said, and, and she said, why do you want to see my hands? I said, well, I, your wedding ring. And she did, her, she held her hands out. 
And she said, I don't have one. I don't have one on one when she held her hands out, y'all. I saw a little bit of blistering in between her thumb and, and her pointing finger on her right hand. I said, you right-handed? And she said, yes, okay. I said, well, I'm going to follow you to the hospital. So I follow her to the hospital and get there. And I meet the same nurse. And I said, look, she's, you know, I said, I'm not saying anything about anything because I don't have any proof one way or another. I said, but this is what she's saying. And, you know, it. I know you're going to do what you do, but she also, I said, she has a burn mark on her lip and uh, what appears to be a, a couple of burn marks on, on her pointing finger and her thumb. I said, can you please photograph those for me also? She said, I'm going to photograph everything. You know that. I said, all right. So husband shows up and I told him, I said, hey, I said, and he was mad as fuck, right? I'd have been the same way. I'm ready to kill somebody. And he's he's all mad. And right before they start the thing, I brought him into his wife and she started crying and, and she's like, oh, they took her van. They took her van. And, and, and he was like, fuck the van. And he said, you were raped. And she said, yeah, they raped me. They raped me at gunpoint, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, it's okay, sweetie, it's all right, you know. And they ended up starting the same thing. He and I had to step out, so I started talking to him. I interviewed him. I said, listen, uh, you were at home tonight? He said, yeah, I was at home uh, with her kids, our teenagers. And she said she left earlier and said that she was going to get milk. I said, does she always dress like that? And he said, like, what? I said, like, in slacks and, and a shirt. He said, you know, I, thought, I kind of thought that was funny. She said she was going to get milk, and, and she put on, you know, nice clothes. And I said, well, I'm just asking. I mean, it's no, no, no law against that, right? And he said, no, no. He said, but he said, why? You, she's worried about the, that fucking van. Fuck that van. We have insurance on the van. I said, yeah, I get that. And I said, you know, I'm sorry you're going through it. I said, but so she told you she was going to get some milk. And he said, yes. And then we went back through it. So I took his official statement. Get done. Hours. It's hours, y'all, this process. And when they get done, they come out, and it's a violating process. They come out. They give me all the evidence that's been tagged and bagged. And I finished getting the official statement from her. Same thing. All she's worried about is the van. She's not seeing it. Can't give me any more descriptions on the mail, et cetera. And I asked the same nurse, I said, did you get the photographs on her lip and on her, on her fingers? She, she said, yeah, baby, I got them. All right. So... I conclude with them. I said, look, I'm going to be in contact. We got a bolo or be on the lookout for your band. I said, I'm going to go solve this shit, right? First thing I did when I left the hospital is I drove to that parking spot. And and I looked, and yes, it was mud, y'all. I mean, it's a, it's a, the gravel even ends. And so there were definitely tire tracks, but there were always tire tracks there, but definitely tire tracks there. But I got out and I looked for any kind of condom wrappers. I had some blue and whites meet me, some uniform guys meet me. I'm looking for condom wrappers, anything, nothing, okay? The, no footprints, okay, which is a big deal. If you get kicked out of the van there, and you, you could look in the distance. I could see the lights at, at, at that house, but not from every spot because there were trees blocking it, okay? So the maybe you've seen those lights before, I don't know. But I'm looking for footprints because it's wetter and fucking it's muddy. And guess what? There's none. Nobody's been. There's no fresh footprints from that location going into the woods or anywhere else. And I looked hard and I videotaped it and photographed it all. 
And then I, I told him, I said, look, boys, I said, it's time to go shake shake the trees and see what falls out. I said, that fucking van's going to be around. And, and they said, where do you think it's going to be? I said, it's going to be in the, in the crack neighborhoods. I can promise you they probably got rid of it um, for a crack loaner or whatever. And I said, but let's go shake the trees and see what we can who we can make dance, right? So we went down into the usual spots. And look, I was cool uh, in these neighborhoods with just about everybody. I mean, even the ones I had arrested before, I treated them with respect. I mean, even if we got into foot pursuits and uh, women working narcotics, whatever, it didn't matter. I, I never beat on anybody that didn't have it coming that didn't swing on me first or anything like that, but they knew me. And I would, some, I would, I would roll through these areas and get out if they had, you know, if it was winter time and they were having a fire bear or whatever, I, I'd get out and hang out with them, right? If it was slow for me, keeping up the community relations. And also for times like this, when sugar's turning shit, I want to be able to go down there and get juice, right? I wanted people to trust me. And that's what happened. We'll go down in this one spot and it's a one-way-in, one-way-out type deal. And that's where everybody came to buy their dope. And I said, y'all set up down at the other end, blacked out, on the, and back up into the woods. We had a one spot where we could sit and watch everybody coming in and out. I said, you're going to get that van. I said, I don't have time to do that. I said, I'm going to go down there now on my unmark and talk to people, shake the trees. So they were setting up, and I went down, and I got out. And, you know, weekend night like that, they're hanging out, drinking beer and having fun. And I got out, and they called me. Used to call me the Wolf, and and it was what's up, Wolf? What's up? And I said, I said, brah. I said, got this lady. I said she was she was kidnapped at gunpoint and and taken over by such and such and raped. And I, I was like, what? I said, yep. I said, the y'all seen such such type van coming in here? They said that yeah, that bitch has been in here all night. And, and I said, all right, and. You know, I got some just general information, but I had one of them cell phone number, and I didn't I didn't want to call them out in front of everybody else. And so I left, and I called him up. I said, hey, bro, and I said, tell me about the van. And he said, I, I can tell you exactly who was driving it. And he told me the names. He said, but they ain't driving it no more. He said they, they loaned it out, just like I told you all about, for a crack loaner. They got rid of the van. Uh, they traded it for, to a dealer for some crack. That dealer would drive it until... They know it's report stolen, and then they'll leave it somewhere else, and some other dummy will get in it and ultimately be arrested for possession of the van. But he told me, he told me straight up, he said, he said, uh, I'm going to tell you something. He said they came back down in that van. I said, about what time? He told me, and, and y'all, it, it fit perfectly with, with the time frame that I was responding to the crime or alleged crime. And he told me, he said, this is who, who it was. He said, but he said, well, I'm going to tell you something. They raped that girl. They said they went down there to smoke crack, and she went to meet them to smoke crack. I said, I said, okay, you know her? He said, I know. She's been coming down here more and more often. She's been getting rocks. And he's, I said, how long? He said, about four or five months. He said, but she's slipping. She's sliding. I said, tell me what you mean. I said, she said, she's addicted now. And then you know, she's married and, you know, has got a good family and everything else, but she's hooked on that rock. She's hooked on that glass dick, talking about the crack pipe, y'all. I said, so you've seen her down there a lot. And he said, I'm telling you, that bitch is down here every chance she gets. I said, and he said, you know, the the two that I'm talking about, he said, you know, they ain't no rapists. Are they, are, are they crack dealers? Yeah, they are. He said, but they ain't no rapists. And he said, but I did see them in the van. I said, cool. So... Basically, to sum it up, 
cut it off. I went to the office. I called out Tina Stafford, now Tina Stafford Pierce, and I said, look, I need a warrant. I want to get these for this person, this person, off a reliable confidential informant for possession of stolen property, possession of stolen property being a movable, the van, based off my CI, my confidential informant's tip. And so she drew it up. I had to go wake a judge up in the middle of the night and get it signed. And then I got the men in black out because these guys, um, you know, I knew they carried guns and I knew they were dope dealers. And so we got the SWAT team out in about five o'clock in the morning. The men in black, now I was off the team by then, y'all. So I was off the uh, SWAT team by that time. But, you know, I had to go in and tell them who, when they were doing their form-up and their briefing and tell them who it was, who had warrants, why we're hitting it, et cetera. Meanwhile, the the uniform guys had stopped the van. I got the call. They stopped it, and they made an arrest, and there was like three people in the van, uh, two females and a male. I said, arrest them all. I had already done the enter the vehicle or had Tina enter the vehicle into NCIC through the radio room um, as a stolen vehicle. So I got those three in jail that I got to go talk to also. We line up, or the SRT team lines up, and they go in and they hit these these two guys' house, right? Freaking flowers, y'all. I mean, we hit them so many times over the years, and they would be in and out of jail for moving a substantial amount of crack. It's just the way it was. It was a never-ending cycle. Uh, that's just what they did. And, you know, just like I got up and put a badge and a gun on, they got up and they slung dope for a living. That's what they did. Hit the house, get them down, get them in handcuffs, and they are fucking pissed. Okay? And I said, look, you know, when they're still down on the floor— I told him, I said, this is what you're under arrest for, possession of, of stolen property to be in that van. And he said, no, nah, man, fuck that. Nah, that. We didn't steal that van. She uh, she traded it to us for rocks. She traded it to, to us for rocks. I said, I'm sorry, just hold on. You know, they had been advising Miranda Rice. I said, I'll get you to the office and, and we'll talk about it, okay? So I had somebody transport them to the office. First thing I did was I went to the jail while they were sitting up in the office sweating it. And I interviewed the three people who got arrested in the van. And guess what? Just like Daddy said, they traded crack for the van, okay? And I, and I knew, they told me, I said, who'd you get it from? And they told me. And it was another person who actually had it besides the, the two guys that I had the arrest warrants for. And so I, I got all their statements. said, look, you're being fucking booked anyway. And y'all, my camera just cut off. So for those of y'all who don't know, we're going to start doing videos on all the episodes. And with that, I guess I'll end the story for today and, and make it a two-parter. Because I do have another story that I want to tell that fits along with this. Damn it. You live and learn, y'all. We're always trying to up our game, trying to improve everything, et cetera. So I don't want to play it. I don't want to do it without the video because I promised the people I would have the video, the people meaning our partners and other ones. So I'm going to stop the story right now, and I'll just talk for a minute on the mic where it doesn't matter where it's on the camera or not. So I hate that, y'all, but right in the middle of, of getting into the good juice. But I was kind of – actually, for me, I was rushing it, and I guess I now I can say a few more details about this and that and another. So – Next week, stay tuned because I have I'm gonna conclude the story and it's really interesting. And but I have another one. It's not gonna be as long. 
that I want to go with it. And there's a reason I want to tell these stories, and I'll explain it at the end of it. So I'm going to conclude this week's episode of Not True. All right. And all right, so let's talk a minute about a couple other things. The Real Life Real Crime Community app, y'all, if you haven't done so, you need to go to the App Store. It's free. If you like our Real Life Real Crime Friends, Fans, and Crew page, which y'all do because there's 35,800 members on it now, the problem is Facebook keeps fucking censoring me and, and over stupid shit. And it's not just shit that I do. It's, it's stuff that y'all post, like stuff and memes that's harmless. I mean, fucking first of all, this is a private group. It's, you know, there's rules about getting in the group and warnings about getting in the group and, and all that shit. And these motherfuckers are censoring me every day. They're going in, taking out people's comments. They're blocking shit, they're threatening shit. And I'm like, I'm fucking over it, right? But that's not the, the main reason we started the Real Life Real Crime community app. The reason we did so is because we're the first true crime podcast in the world that has its own community in the app store on our our own app okay and it's free if you like the real life real crime friends fans and crew or any of our facebook pages and instagram and all that stuff that we have this brings it all to one place there's so much in there y'all from top crime stories and news to different forums and chat groups and and shit, just stuff you can't even imagine what happened today in crime. Just it's a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, you get lost in the app. And yes, we're still improving. We're improving it every day and uh, working on it. And, and you know, the, that's what happens when you have something that's this big and fancy. You'll have little hiccups, right? But we're we're grinding it out every day. Uh, it's really impressive. I think it would behoove you to go check it out. And because I'm gonna tell you something. At some point, I'm tell Facebook they fucked themselves, and the, the and, and I'm fed up with it. But but I'll never forget that how how much we've grown, and it's it's a lot. You know, other than the lifers telling everybody, the reason we've grown so much is is because of our exposure on Facebook, and then y'all spreading it by word of mouth. But I'm telling you, the app has everything. Really, it's even got the store. It's got. Okay, if you're a Patreon member, and you can stay in Patreon, that's fine. But we are also in the app. We have the different levels, subscription levels. Same thing as Patreon. Same benefits. Like we have the canteen. The benefit tiers are named after tiers in in a, in a prison. Tiers being cell blocks. Okay, in death row being the highest, and 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 the most basic one being administrative segregation. So if you're a Patreon member, you can swap over. Easy, easy, and if you don't, it, 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 the instructions on there how to do it. If you if you, you don't want to mess with it, let Cindy do it for you. Cindy Overton Messenger on Facebook or Messenger an email. It's Cindy at that's C Y N D I at real life real crime dot com, and we'll get you swapped over. No big deal. If, if you already paid annual membership, it's no big deal. She swaps you over and credits you. But there's a lot of stuff, and it's so much more than what we have on Facebook. And and I don't know how y'all feel about being censored, but I can't stand it. Uh, but the app, it just has a world more real life, real crime, and that that's it. So yeah, y'all check it out. Swap over. Yeah, at least go check, download it. Check it out. I think you're gonna love it. And I'm responding on there every day. 
and, and to the different groups and everything else. And I'm telling you, I'm going there before I go to the crew page now. And, of course, I'm still answering the crew page because I appreciate everybody and the love y'all have shown me. But I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to respond in, in the in the app before I respond on the crew page or any of the other social media things. Look, Facebook's got me blocked out at 5,000 friends. Been That's been that way for a couple of years now. And I have the public pages and all that shit. Hell, I don't even know where half these messages come from sometimes. And sometimes I miss your messages because you send them in on the business page. You send it on this, and I try to read it all. But the the sometimes I get them late, you know, uh, so – Real Life, Real Crime Community app in the App Store. It is free, just like the crew page. But if you do want to subscribe up and get your early commercial-free episodes or all your bonus episodes, and now there's, I think there's 9, 10, and I'm about to do another one that are locked up. Plus, I mean, all the other benefits, hey, that's great. That That's how this show runs. That's how... We pay our bills as a Patreon support, all right? Plus, you never have to listen to a commercial, an episode with commercials in it again. You will always get the episode early and get the love. Hey, and if you can't be a Patreon or a convict, that's what we call it on the app, y'all, the, the subscribers, I get that. I love you just as much, and I, I appreciate you so much, but I have to give credit where it's due on, on the people who subscribe and give them the shout-outs. All right, y'all, I apologize again. It cut off at 440, 40-something minutes, and uh, we're right in the middle of the story, obviously. Now, I will conclude this one next week and make the next one fit, but they go together on Not True. Again, I want to thank everybody for voting me and helping me win Best Male Host 2021 Podcast of the Year Award. People's Choice, and it was amazing. Tiffany Sicard, you're a sweetheart, y'all. Yeah, you, you know what you did the other night, and we're gonna catch you back. But you know, Tiffany Sicard with Home Key Mortgage, dear friend of ours, dear friend of Jim Chapman's, and we appreciate that. And it was a surprise, but thanks so much. So that y'all, I mean, follow me on Instagram. Uh, it's at Real Life Real Crime, I think, and at um, Overton Woody. And as always, justice for Courtney Coco. Okay, this is a sad, sad weekend. This is the weekend she went missing all those, or she was murdered all those years ago. So prayer and praying for her family. We love y'all that y'all missed the candlelight vigil this past week. And, and I was had the honor of being a guest speaker there um, for Courtney's mama last year. But it's tough. I, I mean, Miss Barbara Blunt's case, please continue to call in your tips. Listen to me. I have been on the phone with the people, the powers that be. We are working, continuing to work the case, calling your tips. No tip is too small. I know it seems like, Nothing's ever getting done, but it's just not true. We've just been fighting a lot of different things, COVID, then COVID again, and then the hurricane and everything else. So it is what it is. But call on your tips and hold on to that one. What else was I going to tell you? Ah, uh, shit, I'm forgetting something, I'm sure. But anyway, I lo love and appreciate each and every one of y'all. Y'all, look, the, uh, the crew bash tickets are on sale. 
We only have a handful of the VIP tickets left. The VIP gets you all night Friday night and gets you Saturday night, and, and you get in 30 minutes early on Saturday night to be able to pick your spot to sit to sit down for the for my show. But Friday night, in the VIP ticket, Friday night, we're going to have a private party, and it's going to be a hell of a party, and, and we're going to have the place running for the whole night, and I'll get to sign autographs and take pictures with everybody and get drunk with y'all and have fun, and then Saturday night, you'll get in early. But look, there's not many. I think it's only like 20 or 25 VIP tickets left. Just want to throw that, that out there. Wait, once they're gone, they're gone. I can't do anything about it. And that's at eventbrite.com, and again, I apologize about Not True being cut off, and I, I'm it's because of the camera, y'all, and, I, and I've got responsibilities that I have to meet. And, yes, it's a learning process, but I love and appreciate each and every one of you. And if you are a lifer from um, Paris, France, go to lopa.org to sign up to be an organ donor, okay? Give the gift of life. Look, Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency – you don't have to be from Louisiana to sign up to be an organ donor. Give the gift of life. Save a life. Lopa.org. And thank you again for everything. I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on Murder Bayou. Peace. Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay in conjunction with iHeartRadio and Cloud 10 Media. 